Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast on the WVSA Digital Network. From the Dick Sporting Goods Studios in Charleston, West Virginia, here's your host, Marcus Cole. Welcome to the podcast. We have a great show on tap today. Excited to welcome Dr. Amy Bender, sleep scientist. Dr. Bender, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I I even wore my uh, World Cup jersey here. See, that's very, very appropriate. For those that do not know, Dr. Bender went down to the Women's World Cup uh, in Australia and uh, was down there to celebrate, had a bunch of pictures with the World Cup trophy and all the fun that she had down there. Uh, and, and if you don't follow her on social media, you certainly need to do so because that's where you'll see all that cool stuff. <laughs> But we're going to dive right into the podcast. We're going to talk about sleep for our young soccer players. And we have the uh, the time change coming up and want to be able to provide them with as much information and as much assistance as we can to minimize the disruption. Because I know as an older person, having the time change really messes me up. I can only imagine what it does for, I mean, I'm sure they're able to adapt a little bit better than I would, but let's go ahead and dive right in. Can you talk to us a little bit about circadian rhythm, the role in sleep and that performance for young athletes? Absolutely. Um, Circadian rhythms, they're kind of two main systems that help regulate our sleep-wake cycle. The first one is just related to how long you've been awake. We call it the homeostatic system. The second system is related to circadian rhythms. So circa, meaning about, dia, meaning day. So our circadian rhythms are about 24 hours. So that means that We have levels of fluctuations of alertness, sleepiness throughout the day. We have melatonin that's being released across a 24-hour cycle. So there's a lot of different biological systems that follow these circadian rhythms. Um, And something like a time change, uh, daylight saving time, you know, going back to standard time, or even if we're traveling time zones can can impact our circadian rhythms and can impact when we're sleepy and when we're alert, um, depending on how quickly we can adapt. Yeah, there's lots of lots of changes and lots of nuances when it comes to circadian rhythms. And it's it's very interesting if you go out and start to study and, and learn more uh, about all that. Um, talk to us a little bit how the shift from daylight savings time back to standard time will affect the sleep patterns and overall sleep quality of our young players. Well, um, the fallback, so the shift back to standard time is actually one of the easiest to adapt to because we do gain an hour. So that means if you normally go to bed at, let's say, 9 p.m., you wake up at 7 a.m. Now we're falling back. So it's more like 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. So it is easier for us to adapt to the fallback shift in daylight and the ending of daylight saving time. Um, So that's good news for people. And I think um, one of the things we can gain here is we can gain more sleep um, when we do fall back if we're able to go to bed at our usual time before the time change and, you know, try to wake up closer to our usual time on the clock. And so that'll help um, get us some extra sleep for this time change. 
Yeah. And catch up. I know a lot of, uh, a lot of players right now are finishing up seasons and getting ready to probably go into another indoor season. They've got academics that they're dealing with, you know, as we head into midterm season. So lots going on that, uh, and then this comes on top of it, uh, affecting sleep, uh, uh, kind of a little bit of a struggle for them. Uh, do you have any specific strategies or recommendations uh, for these players to transition smoothly? I know that you mentioned about maybe trying to cheat it a little bit and kind of prepare a little bit more, but is there any other tips or strategies that you have? I mean, personally, I think just trying to go to bed at your regular time um, will help, especially like the Saturday before the time changes. So just go to bed at your regular time, try and get up at your regular time. That'll help um, kind of, you know, get a bit more extra sleep for these adolescent athletes who really need that extra sleep because, you know, they're sleep deprived across the school week and then trying to catch up on sleep over the weekend. Um, Now, if you're, let's say you're not, very tired. Um, you know, the following days you could go to bed maybe 15 minutes later than usual. Um, and that'll hopefully still get you some extra sleep. Um, so for the springtime change, you know, we want to go to bed earlier, go to bed earlier, 15 minutes so that we can really adjust quickly for the fall time change. It's a bit easier. Um, but still, you know, trying to go to bed at your regular time. Um, if if not, maybe a little bit later, because that would be our kind of normal time um, be prior to the time change. So really trying to just bank some extra sleep, which is going to help with academic performance, athletic performance um, is kind of my go to tip there. Excellent. We're talking to Dr. Amy Bender, sleep scientist here on the podcast. Now, I know you're not a nutritionist, but. Do you have any dietary or nutritional considerations that might be able to assist in helping them adapt to this time change? Yes, actually timing a meal. So trying to keep the timing of meals similar to what it was previously will also help you adapt. So anytime we're changing time zones, we have the shift in daylight saving time. Um, We want to try and eat on the local time zone. So having your lunch at that local time, which is easy with school, that doesn't really change. But even on the weekends, trying to keep your meal timing regular um, at the usual time that you would normally eat is is a piece of advice that'll help people transition more quickly. One thing I love about your advice is, and it's very uniform across most everything that that we talk about when it comes to sleep is consistency, which is uh, so important. Keeping that consistency when it comes to your sleep will make things so much easier. As we kind of wrap things up here on the podcast, what advice can you offer coaches and parents? We don't normally talk about this. We talk directly right to the athletes of what they can do, but what can coaches and parents offer as support players uh, in maintaining the healthy sleep habits of their kids and their athletes during this transition? Yes. Great question. I think just checking in with your teens, your preteens, your children, Um, about how they're doing, how they're sleeping. And even as a coach, you can also check in as well. Um, And then for those that are really struggling, we want to make sure that they get the help that they need. So really trying to, you know, talk to your general practitioner, 
um, get a referral to a sleep clinic so that you can get these uh, potential issues hashed out. Because um, a lot of people aren't aware that sleep disorders do occur in children as well. Um, and so it's not just an adult sleep disorder. We have children who have sleep apnea, where they're stopping breathing during the middle of the night. They may have insomnia. So getting them the help that they need by getting a referral to a sleep clinic is going to be key for these um, teens, preteens, children. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bender, for coming on to the program today, talking to us uh, about sleep and uh, helping our athletes transition better as we fall back here very, very soon. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share our program. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.